Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 42 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversation based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Lou Schwalbach, and alongside me, as always, is Chad Knight. Good evening. Today, we're guests with our special guest, Scott Ahern. Hello. If I said that correctly, I hope. Mostly. Uh, okay, well, I'm mostly correct. I'm good for with mostly. And it's we're, like 75%, man. Yeah, at least maybe 80. Ooh, B minus average. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Tonight is our very special episode about the master and king of parodies, Weird Al. Alfred Matthew Yankovic has been giving us hilarious music since 1979. Wait, wait, wait. His middle name is Matthew? It is indeed. Alfred Yankovic. Matthew seems out of place here. Just a little. A little bit, but, you know, hey, it's his parents. I don't think he really had a whole lot of choice in that that's one. That's true, that's true. Giving us good music since 1979. He met fellow funny man and mentor Barry, Dr. Demento Hansen, when Hansen came to speak at his school. That would have been an awesome thing to see. Right? We get stupid people come in our school and he gets Dr. Demento. What the hell? We get guys that come and tell us about, you know, not doing drugs and... And doing the ASVAB. Yeah. <laughs> Will this be a bad time to tell you that I actually took the ASVAB? I did, too. Okay. So did I. Yeah, that was the military one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember services, vocational aptitude, battery. Just for the listeners out there, Scott is an educator, so he knows all this shit. He's a smartass, too. There is that. Literally and figuratively, I'm sure. (laughs) Al gave him a homemade tape of parodies that that, uh, Dr. Mento played on air, which officially started his career. Yankovic released an EP as Alfred Yankovic, which I did not know. I didn't either. And during his sophomore year of college, but it really wasn't until right before his senior year in 79 when he recorded his first mainstream parody, My Bologna, which was a play on the next My Sharona. Dr. Demento and his Dementites loved it so much, and that was the beginning of the meteoric rise of Al in the comedy and parody world. Wait, the Dementites? That's what he called them, the, the Dementites. I think I remember that now, but it caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, since his inception, Al's pretty much done everything. He's done physical and voice acting and has his own short-lived TV show. He wrote two best-selling books, directed his own and other artists' music videos, such as Hanson and the Black Crows, another thing I didn't know, and is very active in the social media world. I'm going to put this out there for you. You know his short-lived TV show, the Weird Al Show? Mm-hmm. We should maybe take a listen to that. I would agree. And what do you know? Now he's got his very own Weird Al Show. trying to wrap my head around Weird Al directing the little boys from Hanson. And the Black Crows. The Black Crows I can kind of see. They're fun. They're a little on the funky side. They're a little out there, but Hanson yeah, was very much bubblegum pop when yeah. they first came out. Yeah, they were. There was a big push for him to be the halftime performer at 2015 Super Bowl. The hell was that? 60? 59? What, what's, what are the, what are the XL letters? XLIV. So that'd be... 
XL uh, would be 40. So 49. IV, IV would be 4, so 44. Oh, or XL, IX. I apologize, I misread. Oh, 49. So 49. Yeah, 49. But the NFL chose Katy Perry instead. He's slated to get a star on the Walk of Fame along with the class of 2018. He's announced his 2018 tour called the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour with special guest Emo, the shop teacher in UHF, Phillips. So who around here might have tickets to that? I do. I do. I do. Hells, yes. what a coincidence. <laughs> I, I think we're even going to the same show. Yeah, I think we are. That's what, June of 2018? Yes. yes. And that's Excellent. going to suck to wait that long. I know. I know. He did say it was going to be waist scaled backs, no props, costumes, or parodies. So all original. This that's should actually, be interesting. It should be fun. It's going to be a lot of deep cuts. I have a thing. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to cut a lot of people out of it. People are going to be like, well, there's no parodies and get crabby. But he's been very vocal about saying it will be no parodies. Go at your own risk. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the diehards. Well, I've noticed they're, they're much smaller venues, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you don't need the video screen. You'll actually be able to see decent, even in the higher levels. Right, because I think that one we're going to is, what, maybe 1,500 seats? If, that sounds about right. If yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty small. Now, Weird Al has released 14 studio albums, nine of which have gone gold or better with the RIAA. The records have spawned 46 singles, 15 have charted, and he's won four Grammys. Best comedy recording in 85 for Eat It. Best Concept Music Video in 89 for Fat, Best Comedy Album in 2004 for Poodle Hat, and Best Comedy Album in 2015 for Mandatory Fun, and it does not look like he's slowing down anytime soon. So it's about time to put on your loudest Hawaiian shirt, focus on the true meaning of the number 27, and we're going to get the show started. We all know who's here today, so we got Scott to my left and Chad to my front right. Right. Correct. And accurate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how's everybody doing tonight? I'm pretty good. I'm uh, kind of excited to be here, uh, partaking in the festivities with you guys. Well, and on top of it all, this is a special episode because we're, we're, on, we're remote. We're on location. We're on location. <laughs> yeah. We are at Gamehole Con in Madison, Wisconsin this weekend, and we still have to put an episode out for you guys, so here so it is. It's going to be a fun it's, games one about... It's midnight. Lou and I have a little alcohol in us already, and Scott's going to have some in him shortly. So let's see what happens. All, All right. right. So this I picked last week's, and because of dietary restrictions. Yep, Scott is gluten-free. He cannot have the glutens. Right. So I went out and I said, okay, we got to do the beer thing. We got to include Scott because he's our special guest. Mm-hmm. I found Ace Pineapple Hard Cider. It's it's 5% alcohol. It's 12-ounce bottle. It's, I you know, it's... I don't know. It's very interesting. We, we we opened them before we started tonight, and it smells, smells really amazing. sweet. Yes. Well, let's give it a run. All right. Sounds good. All right. It's not as sweet as I expected it no, to be. No, it smells a lot sweeter than it is. It's, it's got, got a little bit of a kick to it. It's got a little bitter bitter back end. Yeah, it's got a little bit of it's it tastes got, like Smarties. Kind of. The back end is Smarties. But it's, it's definitely pineapple. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. To me, I'm getting a, a little bit of that almost bitter when the pineapple's been out for a little while yes yeah that's it also, like it's slightly fermented almost right. well it is fermented it's fermented uh it's fermented uh pineapple juice it's carbonated water apple concentrate and more pineapple juice that's not been fermented so deliciously refreshing any time of year i i gotta say that's true i this oh. would be great in the summer though oh hells yeah on this, a really this hot would be day dangerously good in the yeah summer. yeah this is Man, this is really good. So, That's a good choice. And Scott can drink it with us. So. Absolutely. Thank you for finding something that worked for me. All right. So 
We're going to do something a little bit different this week. Yes. Normally, the questions, the trivia questions, Lou asks me the trivia questions and I answer. And right now I am under 500. I am at four and five. But we're going to put that tally on hold this week. And I'm actually going to ask the questions of our guest. Okay. Are you are you ready for the first one? We got two of them we're going to do. We're going to do one now, and then we'll do one at the end of the episode as well. If I say I'm not ready, is that going to make any difference? Nope, you're still going to answer it. <laughs> okay, then. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, so the first question. What degree did Al earn from California Polytechnic State University? Wow. I really have no idea. I was listening to Lou's intro mention that his first song really hit it off his senior year. I was actually almost thinking he might have dropped out to pursue his music career. Given that it's Cal State Polytechnic, Mm -hmm. I'm going to think it might be in one of the sciences. So I'm actually going to take a stab at chemistry. Okay, that's incorrect. But I'll tell you, it took me off guard. It is a good guess. It took me off guard, too, because I would have never guessed this either. Architecture. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, actually, that that does make a certain amount of sense. I saw Weird Al in concert at Paradise Island in Florida, part of the Disney complex. It's now uh, downtown Disney. Okay. And the set, I mean, they built the set across the middle of the street. On okay. A New Year, excuse me, for a New Year's Eve concert. But it was huge. It was elaborate. And one of the coolest things about it was they put a tent Right in the middle of the stage. Oh, nice. And so whenever he changed songs and he had to change outfits. Right. Or it was right or on whatever, stage. It was right on stage. He ran in one side and he ran out the other in the new outfit. Oh, that makes just absolute sense, yeah, that's, though. that's awesome. So now the quick question around the – we'll just do this around the table here quick. How many times have you seen Weird Al in concert? Once. How many times? Three. Wow. I'm the guy with the most, huh? I've seen him ten times. Holy cow. There's a reason for that. There though. is. There is. He hey, he came for several years to the local fair here, mm-hmm. and he would do two or three shows in a, in a night. So you're counting multiple shows in that. Hells yes! <laughs> but the well, best if concert... if he did different sets... He did. He always yes. does different sets. And But the one, the, 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 the time that will stand out to me is when we introduced my daughters to Weird Al. So they were probably eight and ten or something like that. They just couldn't – their little heads just about exploded from all the stuff he did on stage and the changing of the costumes and everything. And it's all family-friendly. Yes, yeah, That's it is. one of the things that he tries to do, too. Even with his parodies, he wants to everything be family-friendly. Right. And I have to – you have to admire the guy for that. You do. And honestly, our show is not family-friendly, but I think this week it may end up being. So hopefully we don't drop too many swear words. I think it's going to depend how much of this uh, pineapple hard cider we get down to stuff in the course of the show. <laughs> that's, well, that's we need to keep going. We need to try harder then. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to kick this thing off because – We're not going to let the guests kick it off? No. All right, you selfish bastard. I'm actually going to let the guests have the last song of this episode. All right. So not so selfish, you bastard. Now that you explained it, that makes sense. I don't have to explain myself to you. But the audience wants to know. Acquiring minds want to know. Remember I this? want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm going to kick it off with what I would consider a Weird Al deep cut. Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. This song, which is a parody of Van Halen's Feel Your Love Tonight, is the longest song on the Even Worse album at 5 minutes and 2 seconds. It's a song about a bunch of different dream sequences, some which are really messed up. 
in which culminate where the main character is stuck in a closet with Vanna White of Wheel of Fortune fame. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said a Weird Al song has some stuff in it that's really messed up. I did. I did. Okay. I'm just not checking. saying I'm not saying that they're not all that way. I'm just saying. Personally, I can't think of a reason why this would be bad. I mean, she's a beautiful woman, and I could think of a thing or two to do with her while I was in the closet. You know, just saying. That said, I guess he's showing that too much of the same thing could also be bad, I guess. So, you guys have any insight on this? This wasn't one of my favorites. I know it's yours, and I'm not going to crap on it because of which. Vanna White was one of the hottest ladies back in the day. She's still not bad looking. For her age, no, she's not. She was all over pop culture radar, which is what Weird Al does. Sings about having all kinds of messed up dreams, as you mentioned, and the recurring one. Definitely a deep cut. This was off of Even Worse, I believe. Which also had, I believe, Fat on it. Yes. And Lasagna, I believe, if I recall. you got a better memory than me. We've already determined that. But that being said... It's one of those that sometimes gets skipped over because it is an original. Um, No, it's not. It's a parody. Well, It's a parody of Van Halen's Feel Your Love Tonight. It's in the style of. I don't know if it's really a parody. It's a parody, a style parody. Well, according to the Weird Al wiki, it is a parody. Really? Yes. Okay. We'll have to check some lighter notes. Before we do that, let's actually listen to it. You want to check liner notes we can do that if you guys out there know better than we do but i checked weird al's wiki and that's what he said all right what about you scott what do you think of the song well given that uh recording this show is pretty much the first time i've heard it and i'm, I'm not overly familiar with the van halen song that it's based on i'm not either yeah um, but i'm a van halen fan yeah right so is it van I'm, halen or van hagar feel your love tonight would have been a van halen song okay Anyways, moving on. So, I liked it. I like almost all of Weird Al's stuff, anyways. And the parodies are funny, but to be honest, I'm actually more a fan of a lot of his original material. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I like a lot of his original stuff. Um, I hadn't realized that it was a parody. I always thought it was an original. But, you know, and everyone talks about the different things here, too, as far as talent of artists and everything else. And... Being able to parody somebody is talented in itself, and being able to do your original stuff and parody people, because there's plenty of artists out there that all they do is make, uh, mock-ups of other bands. Right, right, yeah. So for him to be kind of the whole package of this one, I mean, it's just another testament to the fact that Al is a friggin' genius when it comes to musical comedy. Yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. So, all right, why don't you kick us off with your first one, Lou? I'm going to go with what is my favorite song, and that's Hardware Store. Now, Hardware Store, released in 2003 off of Poodle Hat, is my all-time favorite song. It's, he talks about how his life was in the dumps and he was bored because there wasn't nothing, anything to do in the town. His friend told him there's a hardware store opening up and Al pretty much loses his shit. Beca- <laughs> becomes insanely excited so much that he camped out overnight and finally wakes up in awe to the wondrous products they carry at the store. That's the song. And we'll just take a quick listen to it and move on.
Now, the song pretty much describes any Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, or Fleet Farm. And you can get pretty much anything you need at that store. And the fact that I'm the most impressed by, and you did the number, you found the number, was 61 different items. During the middle of the song, he rattles off faster than most rap artists today. Yeah. Coherently, yeah. all of these different items, and it's including automatic circumcisors. Which are not a thing. For no. cattle? Are you sure? I am positive. All right. That's okay. Anyways, moving on. We'll it's, chalk that up to the liner notes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I don't know. It was simply amazing. Now, I'm a little disappointed to hear that he will not be paying it live due to the fact that it is such a hard song to do that he himself said that he had a hard time even doing it in studio. I'm disappointed, but I understand it. You know? Yeah. Would so. you rather hear a really piss poor version of it? That's exactly it. Or, you know, go with the song that you really like. Right. Right. And kind of on a similar note, completely different genre, if I may bring in a different artist, in this case a band. I suppose. This is similar to what was said when Queen used recorded backing materials for the center part of Bohemian Rhapsody, which was that live in concert they couldn't consistently perform it to the level that they thought they should. And that's a fair enough thing. I mean, some of these songs, Bohemian Rhapsody, Hardware Store... That's some hard shit. And if you're not a rapper, if you're not Eminem or, you know, some other... I, God, I'm so white, I don't know who rappers are. Well, how about Snow, the Canadian-Jamaican rapper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes pretty fast, too. Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things. If, if that's not what you do on a regular basis, it's harder than hell. I mean, Or, or if your recording songs have a lot of backing vocals in it with yourself. Because, I mean, he sang all the different lines to it, but he's got, like, four different... Uh, layers layers of the song with his own voice so he technically sang the whole thing but at the same time you can't do that without backing information correct so i said this is an interesting song about well a hardware store he has an amazing ability to list a lot of things that you can find at a hardware store really quickly and coherently as you said but what struck me the funniest about this song is that the idea that every 27th customer gets a free ball ball a ball peen hammer ball peen ball hammer, peen hammer. <laughs> it's just funnier than hell to me. I don't know why. What an interesting item, too, though. Yeah, I know. I, I really enjoyed this song, though. I don't think I had a, ever heard it before getting ready for this show. Okay. But it's it's funny. This is one of those that I remember hearing on the Poodle Hat CD, and I mean, just it just struck me. Mm-hmm. Where there's no rhyme or reason, but this just is like, yep, that's my favorite. Okay. Fair so, enough. And what are your thoughts? I really liked it. I don't know about your guys' employment history, but when I was in middle school and high school, I actually worked at a couple of different hardware stores. Never did the hardware store. I worked at Home Depot in Wausau. Okay. Actually, and in Iowa. Yeah, but even now, I love going into Menards, Home Depot, Fleet Farm, Lowe's, and oddly enough, those are my go-tos on Black Friday. I'll you can get some the good stuff there. Oh, yes. This last holiday season, I went to the Lowe's in Stevens Point, and... I walked out of there with pro- what full price would have cost me maybe between $250 and $300, and I only dropped 50 bucks on it. Nice. Two years ago, I went to Home Depot on Black Friday because they had a seven-foot fully lighted Christmas tree, which was normally like $175 for $49. You know, and what people don't realize, too, is that those places have hardware. They have sales for Black Friday, too. I remember when I was in Iowa. They started, <laughs> they, at midnight, they started, the night before, they started playing Christmas music. And I worked at Black Friday at 5 o'clock in the morning, and, and next to the hardware, or next to Home Depot. Wait, I know the story's a lie. 
What? You awake at five in the morning? I didn't have a choice. It was that or get fired. <laughs> but they had it next to it was a Coles, a Best Buy, a Target, and a oh gosh, uh, Dick Sporting Goods, I think it was. And I'm like, it's not going to be busy at all because it's a hardware store. What are they going to give away? We were slammed. I'm like, why the hell are people going to want to go to a hardware store the day after Thanksgiving? But people do. Yep. Yep. So. Well, let's move on, Scott. This is this is your uh, this is your inaugural song on the on the show. What do you got for us? All right. Well, for my first song, I am actually picking a song that I it's a parody, but I first heard the parody. I didn't actually hear the song it was based off of for several years later. Okay. And when I first heard it, I said, "Oh, hey, this guy's parodying Weird Al. That's kind of ironic." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you guys know me. You know I love Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And so my first, I got to go with Yoda. Why don't we cue it up and play it for the listeners? Laughing around, but I ain't ever seen a guy who looks like a Muppet, but he's wrinkled and green. Oh, my Yoda. Yo, 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 Yoda. I'm not dumb, but I can't understand how he can lift me in the air just by reason. I love the little lilt to it and the the pattern to it. And oddly enough, like you said, I'm an educator. I'm a high school English teacher. I use Star Wars a lot in my classroom, and I actually play this song periodically. And one of the classes I teach has a book in it that one of the characters is nicknamed Yoda because he's the wise mentor that the main character of the story always turns to for help and advice. Dude, why didn't we have a teacher that would do cool shit like that? I don't know. <laughs> I think I want to go back to high school and take Scott's classes. I know, right? <laughs> I could shave my goatee. I probably would fit in, except for the grays. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you should see the full shag beards on some of my students. That's uh, amazing that nowadays. Some, these kids walk out of the school, you know, and I, when I'm picking up my daughter, and it's just like... Dude, I can't grow a beard that good. <laughs> What's the book, by the way? Twisted by Lauren Halsey Anderson. I'll pretend that I know that, but I might have to go look for it just because of the Yoda reference. Yep, I can get you a copy. I have a few. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, there's probably a couple. Um, it's a great song. I mean, it parodies the Kinks. Lola, which Lola we Kinks, talked about which we just a couple weeks ago. And it's a perfect for any Star Wars fan. It's a very loosely telling a retelling of the Luke and Yoda interaction on Dagobah from Empire. Empire Strikes Back, yep. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great song. I really don't have a hell of a lot to say about it because it is fantastic. Yeah, I put in here that it's a song from Luke Skywalker's point of view and his training under the legendary Yoda. And I don't want to get into a geek discussion on the Star Wars world and what's a trilogy and what isn't, but I will say I like Star Wars. I don't love it, but I like Star Wars. Heathen. that said i really enjoy this song and i could listen to it over and over for a long time absolutely weird al man yeah there's there's you know how there are albums out there where you put the disc in or tape or whatever the case is and you sometimes have to skip songs where like it was a lot harder when it was tapes it is or it was i should say but i mean there's a lot of like for example van halen i mean obviously i'm a van halen fan but there's a couple on their first album that I wouldn't call them dogs, but they are ones that I would tend to skip. Okay. There are very few Weird Al songs on any album that I would do that. Yeah, I, 
I mean, if you were to put me on the spot, I could probably come up with one or two that I'm just like, eh, I don't get it, don't like it, but... Like Frank's 5,000-inch TV? <laughs> that is a deep cut, my friend. Yes, it is. Now, what's your next one? All right, so up next, I have It's All About the Pentiums. Released in 1999, the song, which is a parody of It's All About the Benjamins by none other than Puff Daddy. Isn't he the same guy that goes by a bunch of names? Uh, we'll get into that later. Sean okay. Combs. Yeah, okay. Diddy. Well, let's, let's take a listen. You're the biggest joke on the internet. The database is a disaster. Your wax and your modem trying to make it go faster. Hey, fella, I bet you're still living in your parents' cellar. Downloading pictures of Sarah Michelle Geller and posting me too like some brain dead AOLA. I should do the world a favor and cap you like old Yella. You're just about as useless as JPEGs to Helen Keller. So the females, it's all about the Pentium's baby vocals, were uncredited on the album. Al claims the woman who performed them was being paid under the table. The official Weird Al archives identify her as Natasha Barr. Now, Pentiums are processors made by Intel. The Commodore 64 referred to in the song is originally released in 1982 and was one of the most popular home computers before the Apple Macintosh. It was named for its 64 kilobytes of RAM. Can you imagine that? An entire kilobytes. Yeah, an entire computer system running on 64 kilobytes. Okay, now, granted, I'm older than you two. Barely. Well, yes, but when I was in college the first time around, I actually had a fraternity brother who had a Commodore 64 because it was the only computer we could find that would run this particular Robotech-inspired computer game. Okay. Of course, it's all about the games. <laughs> of course it is. So the video features several cameos. Emo Phillips is the nerdy guy who puts white out on his screen and prints <laughs> off a picture of Sarah Michelle Geller. Drew Carey is the guy who dances with Al in a red tracksuit. John Bermuda Schwartz is not only Al's drummer, as usual, but also the guy in the office who lip syncs to the yeah, yeah, yeah backing vocals. John Ranlett, a professional Bill Gates lookalike, plays Bill Gates. How do you come across that fucking gig? You know what, though? I mean, there's there's impressionists for everybody. Yeah, I suppose. Comedian and voice actor Phil Lamar, best known as a cast member on Mad TV and for playing Hermes on Futurama, plays an audience member dancing to Al and his band. The office scenes of the video were shot at the Los Angeles County Department of Public Works in Alhambra, California. And the car featured in the beginning of the video is a Nash Metropolitan, which Al's character George Newman also drove in the UHF movie. Okay. So, I just love this song. I don't know why. I think, honestly, I think the video has a lot to do with it. All the shiny and, the, you know, everything, the, the, the bling and the... He's trying to be, you know, Puff Daddy or whatever mm-hmm. the hell his name is. And, and it's funny. And I don't know. I just, I really enjoy it. It's, it's one of those up there songs for me. Go ahead. What do you got? Do you have anything on this one, Scott? Not so much. I, I liked the album, Running With Scissors. And I wasn't a huge fan of... Of the original song, it's all about the Benjamins. I don't think any of us really were. No, not really. Yeah, but it it goes back to how smart Al is, and the way he's able to take the foundation and just weave everything together and still make it not only make sense but make it hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a as we mentioned before, he's a master of pop culture because that was the time. I mean, I remember my first quote unquote real computer. That was, you know, a 400 megahertz processor. Now they're up to, I think, the 
overclocked as like six gigahertz processors. Yeah, the processors are insane. It is ridiculous. Now, I remember when I first bought Running with Scissors. Um, if you might remember this, remember Weebies CDs? Mm-hmm. When Weebies was on Scott Street. Okay. I went in there, and this was the first, I believe, the first album where Scott, uh, where Scott, <laughs> where Al had his hair out long, and he had the LASIK, and he had no mustache. So I looked at this, and like, there's a Weird Al CD that I missed. What the hell? And finally, of course, picked it up, and the rest is history. But yeah, it's it's where he did the LASIK thing. He actually, a lot of people didn't even recognize him right away, and now, of course, they're used to it. The song, as much as I loathe Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever the fuck you call him nowadays... Isn't he P. Diddy? I don't care. <laughs> the song resonates in the geek with me. I mean, I'm a computer guy. We both went for computer programming or building or repairing or whatever the case is. So hearing the tech terms... Not working, and, but yeah, you know, whatever. And the noob and all the other stuff, it's just hilarious. I mean, I had my Pentium back in the day, which I think all of us did, except for those Apple weirdos. And it just... All of the different things, especially the whiteout on the screen, because that was like one of those blonde jokes from back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you tell which computer belongs to the blonde? Exactly. <laughs> It's it's just a great song. I I don't care for the original, but this one I can tolerate. And then Drew Carey part in the video is pretty funny because he's just such a dork. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Lou? Next, I'm going to go with Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Yeah, I'll leave. I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> now, this folksy road trip song came off of the UHF soundtrack from 1989. Love that movie. It, it is a great movie. In fact, the soundtrack... I don't remember that song in the movie. Well, that's the... UHF original motion picture soundtrack and other stuff album. So that's the actual type of it. Al is talking about how he has got vacation time stored up and wants to take his family on a trip. When he asks where they want to go to, they tell him they want to see the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Which makes this song such bullshit. No kids are going to be like, we want to go see the biggest balls. No, it's bullshit. Are you sure? People go to see the Corn Palace. This is true. Where the heck is Waldrug? Let's just take a quick scan of this one and then we'll come back. I put in a slim Whitman tape, my wife put on a brand new hairnet. Kids were in the backseat jumping up and down, yelling, are we there yet? And all of us were joined together in one common thought as we rolled down the long and winding interstate and off 53 to Soda. We're going to see the biggest spot of twine in Minnesota. Now, Al picks up the family, and they drive out to see the attraction, and along the way, they have misadventures. Based on the lyrics, the windows are completely covered with all the decals of all the places we've already been. Apparently means the family is completely down with going all, to these, all over to these weird-ass tourist traps, including the Bow Wheel Monument, Cranberry World, and the Shuffleboard Hall of Fame, and Poodle Dog Rock. You know, when I heard when I heard Cranberry... Probably thought it was someplace in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah, because we have a lot of cranberries. I think we're one of the top producers in the States, actually. Yeah, we are. Yes, actually, I think it's about 10 years ago, um, Wisconsin overtook Massachusetts. I think Jersey's up there, too, if yeah. I recall. Yeah, and so is Vermont. Now, why not? You know, I mean, all these tourist traps could make for great memories. I mean, I don't know how much road tripping you did with your family, but when we hit different spots, sometimes it was fun, like the giant muskie up north or the big ass Paul Bunyan. You know, it's it's fun to have those type of memories. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissuading or I'm not uh, dissay, uh, disparaging. Dis- thank you, disparaging that as as a unit is just, I don't know. I don't like this song, and we'll get to that. But that's I thoroughly enjoy this one. It definitely has a soft spot for me, partially because. 
We used it when we did the cable access TV show back in the mid nineties. Okay. And we used it as part of the end credits. So there's, again, there's a particular memory for me. So that's why I like it. Now, obviously you're not a huge fan and we'll get to what Scott thinks in a moment. So this kind of reminds me of an upbeat Gordon Lightfoot song. I can buy that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose. It's a bad song. Or like I, maybe a Cat Stevens something or other. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't recall very many upbeat Gordon Lightfoot songs. That's what I said. It reminds me of an upbeat. <laughs> not, not, yeah, that's true. But anyway, I understand where he's coming from in this song. Tourist traps that really aren't traps. Though there is some truth to this. There is a big-ass ball of twine in Darwin, Minnesota. Saw a picture of it. I don't Not impressed? Go, don't need to go see it in person. Well, you saw a picture of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, I mean, that's all I really have. I mean, it's not a song that resonates with me. This is be one of those Weird Al songs that I don't like, and I would probably skip on an album. That's fair enough. Now, see, I really like this song, but I, I think it's for a similar reason to Lou. It's not so much that the song is overly special but it's what it evokes for me. It's about the journey, not the destination. I mean, how many times have you taken the kids or when you were a kid gone with the family and seen something that when you tell your friends about it later, if you tell your friends about it later, they're like, God, that sounds so stupid. Why did you waste your time with that? But you're like, well, yeah, but we took a long family road trip. We stayed at a couple of motels along the way. We found this one really cool restaurant where the waitress was really nice to a little kid and got the cook to put extra chocolate chips in his pancake. Things like that. It, I mean, yeah, it, it gives that, almost that sense of Americana and nostalgia that a lot of people don't get to have. So, so are you saying that it might evoke the feels to a degree? The what? The feels, you know, I've got the feels, feelings. I suppose. It's Lou's gay way of saying that something makes him choke up. Kind of gooey bit. inside, and I got on my knees and cried and cried, and that's when the security the security guides threw us out. <laughs> so you, you get the warm and fuzzies. And exactly. Okay. Yeah, in, in, in Lou talk, that's feels. You okay. Get feels. But, all right, so what do you got next, Scott? This is, this is uh, you. Okay. I know you said you're not a huge Star Wars buff. And I think I'm probably more of a Star Wars buff than you, and I'm still deeply offended by the existence of Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. But the concept gave us a beautiful parody of Don McLean's American Pie. And that is, of course, The Saga Begins. And when you listen to it, I mean, you get that slow, languid intro, and then the, the pace picks up. And let, let's hear that now. Well, I knew who would win first place. Oh, yes, it was our boy. We started singing, my, my, the fear and a good guy. Maybe Vader someday later, now he's just a small fry. And he left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye. Saying, soon I'm going to be a jet. See what I mean? Now, granted, Saga Begins is long. It's over six minutes. American Pie is over ten minutes. Yeah. So at least he shortened it a little. Thank God. <laughs> but when I, I was thinking of these songs, 
uh, and when I picked this, I was remembering one of your earlier podcasts when you mentioned the song Buddy Holly. Okay. Because, of course, American Pie, the, the line The Day the Music Died, mm-hmm. refers to that tragic plane crash that claimed the lives of Buddy Holly and Richie Valens. And the Big Bopper. And the Big Bopper. So, and in fact, there was a BBC comedy. can't remember what, what the title of it was. I think it was The Outsiders or something. But uh, one of the episodes, they're living in this like completely run-down tenement slum in the east end of London. And all of a sudden, one day, there's this enormous crash. And they go upstairs to see what happened. And they find Buddy Holly has gone headfirst through the roof of their house because he ejected from the plane. But he's been floating around on his parachute for the last God only knows how many years. And he finally (laughs) came down to ground. Only to crash through the roof and be stuck there. And they all look at him and go, bloody hell, this Buddy Holly. Let's go to the pub. (laughs) <laughs> and they leave him there. I have to look for that, because that actually sounds pretty funny. It does sound yeah. kind of funny. It just makes me think of, like, the Young Ones show a little bit. Yes, that's what it was, the Young Ones. Okay, because yeah, I remember the episode Crash. Yeah. Okay, uh, now I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Anyways, and whenever I, I hear this song, I always remember that first poster I saw for episode one, Phantom Menace, which has young Jake, the actor who plays young Anakin Skywalker, walking past one of those Adobe-style homes on Tatooine, and the shadow he casts is that of Vader. Yeah, I remember. And then the Weird Al one actually has him doing, like, the finger on the nose. Yep. Yeah. So Don McLean's song, American Pie, was given new life with this song. I, I think it actually caused it to chart again. Not the Madonna know. one, you mean? No. God. <laughs> what about Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks did his Live in Central Park. He started to do this song, and then he brought Don McLean out on stage to finish it. Oh, really? I, I, I'm not yeah. even familiar with that one. but I remember I heard of the concert. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that part, though. Did you guys know he wrote this entire song based on internet rumors? I did, actually. That was one of the notes I had here. And then he watched an early release of the movie and only had to make a few minor change, changes. What does this tell you? Eh, the, internet's get, the internets get it right sometimes. And nerds rule. True. Absolutely. I really enjoy this song. The music has a lot to do with it, as it does... The fact that I really enjoyed Star Wars The Phantom Menace. I love Jar Jar. I love Jar Jar. Especially with that whole um, internet subculture that Jar Jar is the secret Sith Lord. Right. But, you know, there's this whole thing where you're like, those first three episodes are, I'm still offended. And honestly... I am. Why? Because they represent a huge mistake that George Lucas made. When he released creative control and canon consistency within the Star Wars story. It's the same problem I have with R.A. Salvatore's first Star Wars novel after LucasArts released the locks on the Star Wars, not the, the canon, basically, which said that all of the plot lines and anything dealing with a major character has to be approved because it needs to have internal consistency within the books, because some books are written at a later point, but then later in actual time, books are written earlier. So the earlier books couldn't kill off a character who appeared later. Once the breaks were taken off, the first thing Salvatore did was kill Chewbacca and make it the fault of Han Solo's son and turn Han Solo into a drunken wreck. You know what, though? when I know when Disney took over, because there was the, the Star Wars Expanded Universe. We'll make... It's happened, people. 
have gone to the dark side. Uh, we've been no, we've, we've gone been to the geek side. Yes, we've been to, to the dark side. No, when start when uh, the expanded universe with episode seven, I believe it was. They've changed so many things around, and the expanded universe used to be. I mean, there's a great run of novels that had come out that were known as canon up until Disney took it over, and then from that point forward, they said, "Nah, this is how it's going to be." I disagree with that because I love some of those later novels, like the the solo twins or the solo kids. There's like how many? There's like what four or five solo kids? When I stopped reading them, and granted, I, I stopped reading them after about 25 books. There were the twins, Jason and Jaina, mm-hmm. and then there was ben. the younger brother, Anakin. Mm-hmm. No, Ben was created for The Force Awakens. That's right. But that's what I'm saying, though, is, I mean, they had this expanded universe that's been just fantastic, and then Disney comes in and says, nope, this is how it's going to be. Now we're deviating. So all these other books that are creative canon, but then there's actual canon. I'm like, I don't agree with that. But moving on. Beer is good. <laughs> <laughs> so is the cider. Mm-hmm. So, Saga Begins, great song. Do you have more yet? No, you pretty much said everything, and I don't have anything to add, asshole. So, <laughs> now why don't you enlighten us with your song? One, two, and three are still bad. New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, I'm Good with Force Awakens, and I loved Rogue One. Rogue One was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Now, for the non-Star Wars people. Well, it's not that I'm non-Star Wars. I'm yes, just you are. Not... Just talk. That Star Wars. All right, so my He's next song. I am a Trekkie. <laughs> but that's beside the point. I don't shove it down your throat, do I? Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm getting a different room. <laughs> Good luck. So, <laughs> right. Uh, Christmas at Ground Zero. This oh, yes. 1986 parody of Phil Spector's and the Ronettes' Christmas album, A Christmas Gift for You, and Wall of Sound. And Yogi Jorgensen's I Just Go Nuts at Christmas runs for three minutes and seven seconds and is on Al's album Polka Party. Let's duck and cover as we listen. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. There's music in the air. The sleigh bells are ringing and the carolers are singing while the air raid sirens blare. The term Ground Zero may be used to describe a point on the Earth's surface where an explosion occurs. This is considered to be one of the most morbid songs by Weird Al, and some broadcasters didn't even air it due to the content. The the neat little piece of this is Weird Al only appears in the music video for the song at the very end. It's one of those songs... Oh, Ronald Reagan appears in this one, in the music video. And also, most of it is scenes from the cartoon Duck and Cover, as used... In the 50s, I think it was. It was a civil defense movie, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. They would show it in the schools to teach the kids how to go out into the hallway and kneel down and press your head against the lockers because that would protect you from a nuclear bomb. Right. You know, and I actually talked to my dad about this. My dad's old enough, and I said, you know, did you guys really do this? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what was the point? He goes, I think it was we were supposed to get under our desk, bend over, tuck our heads between our legs, and kiss our ass goodbye. Pretty I said, much. because if a nuclear bomb goes off, what good is duck and cover going to do you? And that's like tornado stuff that you would do. Yeah. But You know, but this is one of those songs that, yes, the topic is kind of morbid, but it's funny, you know, just in the way that he, again, takes this music and makes it 
his own and something funny. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Christmas at Ground Zero, I don't know. I I guess I'm just going to turn it over to you guys because I, I love the song and I, I guess I don't really have a reason why. Because it's a great Christmas song. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those that sounds all happy and joyful and, and then the explosion happens. Mm-hmm. And any song that ends with an air raid siren, I'm okay with. Fair enough. Scott? My exposure to this song, I actually had a VHS of the Weird Al video collection. I did too. And I, think I had was, a copy of that too, actually. Yes, and this was on it. And I loved not only the, the pieces from the Civil Defense films, but also they cut in, I don't know if they made up the effects for the video or if they spliced in from other movies, but like you had the post-apocalyptic mutant wandering across the blasted landscape. And like you said, Weird Al appears at the very end, and it's great because he takes off the gas mask, and like everybody he's with takes off the gas mask, and then they turn to what ordinarily would be the sunrise, but is actually the mushroom cloud of the blast going off. Yep, and he's dressed in like like a ugly Christmas sweater. Well, they're caroling, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. caroling, yeah. All right, so let's move on. Scott, or, or I'm sorry, Lou, it's your turn. Next one we have is a, a bit more of a recent one. It's Why Does This Always Happen to Me? Now, this is a off of 2003's Poodle Hat, and it's pretty much the definition of a self-centered person with what one could describe as first-world problems. The, throughout the course of the song, it talks about some horrible tragedy that happens, and then the narrative talks about how it's inconveniencing them in some way, and that's pretty much the song. We'll just take a quick <laughs> listen to it. Just for this What a drag Cause I was taping it And everything And now I'll have to wait for the rerun To see the part of the show I missed Why does this always happen? Why does this always happen to me? Like for example uh, There's a terrible accident His friend died But wait a second That jerk owes me money I'm never going to get it back And I'm going to be late for work Really? And it's, again, too, it's just, unfortunately, kind of a satire and social commentary on how American society really is, if you get into it, because we've become very selfish. We've become very self-centered. Despite all the bad things that happen, it's still an entertaining song. Yeah. It's, I don't have a whole heck of a lot to say about it, but that's the way I read into it. Now, when I heard this, the two things popped into my head. One was actually a scene from the movie Shawshank Redemption. There, um, the convicts, uh, especially the two main, played by Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, okay. are on the roof of one of the prison buildings retarring it. And one of the guards, the lead guard, is complaining that his brother has died. But he's not complaining about it because he loved his brother and he misses him. He's complaining that his brother had made something of himself and actually become very rich and had only left him X number thousands of dollars. But one of the other guards is saying, well, you, you got this money, that's great. And he's like, no, it's not, because the IRS is going to get their hands on it, and if I'm lucky, I'll break even. But otherwise, me inheriting this is probably going to cost me more in taxes, so I'll end up owing money on it. And then they said, well, why don't you like buy a car with it? And it's like, oh, yeah, and then I got the repair bills. And I got to maintain it and get the oil chain. And Some people you can't please. Right. So, and then the other thing, it reminded me of a little Jeff Foxworthy bit. Okay. Where he's talking about how 
with communication technology and everything today, we're getting instant news from all over the world. And he says he was listening to this one news report and it, it said something like 150 people were killed today when their bus went over the side of a cliff. And he's like, oh, that's horrible. And then the news reporter continued, in southwestern Pakistan. And when it was removed, the horror of it is a little removed. And then he found himself thinking, how did they get 150 people into a bus? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's one of those things, you know, there's just this horrible things that happened around the main character. Not to him, but around him. You know, there's the earthquake, his buddy dies. I mean, it's just a ton of horrible things. And like you said, he's pissed off because he's missing part of The Simpsons. He's pissed off because the dead guy owes him five bucks. Yeah. And that, you know, that was actually what made it funny was not that he owed him money, but it was five lousy dollars. Yeah. It's not like I like I lent him thousands of dollars, like five bucks. Well, yeah. that's money I'm not going to see anymore. Yeah. It's like he's always looking at these things and thinking it's bad for him. When in reality, he should be happy that these things aren't happening to him and happening to other people. It's kind of a gigantic douchebag. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much the issue of the song and yeah i think from that we can probably move on yeah what do you got scott all right well actually i'm going to segue off your douchebag comment <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, i know exactly one... which song you're going to you do i do okay my next one is a parody of the rico suave song if you've ever heard the original especially if you've seen the video for it oh dear lord this guy yeah um, and it's kind of funny because I had a different fraternity brother whose name was Rick. And we always called him Rico Suave because he always thought he was so smooth with the ladies. He wasn't. Was he more like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> I haven't seen that, actually. So I can't tell you. But He's a complete poser. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyways, Taco Grande. I love the lyrics and I love the way that Al weaves back and forth between English and Spanish. So as I mentioned, I'm a, a high school teacher. I'm not just an English teacher, I'm also a Spanish teacher. And I was really impressed by Al's accent and pronunciation and the fact that he actually got the lyrics right, the parts that he's doing in Spanish. So, so much so that I've actually used it in class oh, as of course you a, have. a listening comprehension exercise. Yet again, where the hell were teachers like this? I know. So I thought let, my French teacher was cool because she let us she taught us how to swear. Yep, there's that too. But anyways, <laughs> let's listen to Taco Grande and you'll see what I mean. And again, this is also an example we talked about with Hardware Store, mm -hmm. where his pace is really fast, but he's still very articulate and clear. So give me something spicy and hot now. Break out the menu, what you got now? Who would you tell the way to ride? Like to have sour cream on the side, you better make sure the beans are refried. Grande. Taco. Grande. See what I mean? So, I mean, I, I love this. I think it's hilarious, especially, and I've seen the video for it, and he's really amping up the parody to the Latin lover Lothario type that Rico Suave tried to be. Oh, right. yeah, Gerardo was almost a cartoon. You said the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, it's, it's not Voldemort. We can no. name him. <laughs> Do we want to? 
Somebody might go out and actually look for that song. Yeah, but don't he got he definitely wasn't Rico Suave any recently. I've they had an interview on VH1 or something with him, and he definitely. No, he ballooned up a bit. He unswapped. So he's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a song where he parodies one of the worst hits of the early '90s in Rico Suave. But on the flip side, anyone who can make me hungry just by listing Mexican food in a song form gets a large thumbs up from me. It's funny you should mention that because actually one of my notes was too is that it's basically a Taco Bell slash Taco John's menu. That yeah, he's talking I, about. Yeah. And I, I wrote any song that makes me want to run for the border after hearing it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll have a couple t- soft shell tacos and a burrito and, ooh, some churros. And some chili relleno. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just always sounds bad. To, to me, whenever he says that, I'm always like, you're putting chili where? <laughs> okay, but now is your face going to turn green if you have the pinto bean? No, I'm not sure what a pinto bean is. It's um, it, it's just the, the refried beans. It's the refried beans. Oh no, I like those. Yes. You want some more? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should go for some more. Chad, give us some more. All right. So this is a song about me. Wait. The parody of the song "Happy" by Pharrell runs 251 is on and is on Al's album Mandatory Fun. It's called Tacky. This is one one of my favorite Al songs. Let's go ahead and mix stripes with polka dots and listen. Tyler, Margaret Cho, Eric Stone Street, Kristen Schaal, and Jack Black all make cameos in this music video. And the Jack Black part is hilarious. Oh my god. Stone Street was good too though. Yeah, but I mean, and Margaret Cho. I love Margaret Cho. There's um, the one who, oh god, what the hell's her name? The one, she's on Bob's Burgers. I can't remember her name. She's a real short lady. She's on that last show on Earth. Yeah, she's yeah. She's also on there too. Yeah. With, with the shirt that has the hands over the boobs. Yeah. But, but the place where the music video was shot was also the place where Julianne Moore's apartment was in The Big Lebowski. Oh, that's right. Because I, I saw the video and I'm like, it looks familiar, but I couldn't place it. And when I was doing the research, I'm like, there it is. But, you know, you I don't have seen the watch that he just did on that one. It was pretty comical. <laughs> yes. Because I'm tacky. <laughs> no, but it's, it's one of those songs that it's just it points out things that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. In American society, that really aren't very, you know, they're very uncouth. No, and people usually who do these things just have no clue. Right. At oh, all. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite lines is, well, I mean, it's weird Al singing, but Margaret Cho's doing the lip syncing, and she's like, it's like, it's like just asking some girl if you're pregnant or you know, just are you just fat? And I know people who have asked that question to find out that the person's just fat. That's it's one of the first things they should teach that in kindergarten for boys. Just don't ask. Yep. <laughs> now, I I love this song. It's one of the newer parodies. It's pretty much a what not to do list on being tacky, and I've seen a lot of these done in real life. It's sadly enough, I just have. The video, as Chad had mentioned, has just a great cast on it. And it's just a fun song. I mean, happy's a good song, tacky's a good song. It's it's a winner all the way around. Yeah, Happy is one of those songs that just kind of make you smile. That puts you in a good mood. So that one might have to... That one's on my list already. All right. What do you think, but, Scott? Oh, I was going to say, speaking of lists, what's next on yours? Oh, we're moving on. Okay. 
So <laughs> we've got Whatever You Like, uh, which is, it came off of Al's second most recent album, 2011's Alpocalypse, which I'm sorry, I love the title. It's a parody of T.I.'s song of the same name, when both songs talk about treating their women right, where that's pretty much the similarities end. Uh, the hip-hop artist talks about expensive things like stacks and Bentleys and million-dollar homes. Al talks about the more frugal things in life that the rest of us can relate to, such as clipping coupons, mac and cheese for dinner, and my Hyundai. And his roll of $7 bills. <laughs> yeah, in his plastic billfold. Yep. Let's take a quick listen. Pork and beans and minute rice. And we can play cribbage all night. And baby, you can have whatever you like. I said you can have whatever you like. this song because it's just normal i mean rappers talked about patron and cristal and making it rain and all that shit like that but it's and if that's how you keep your honeys for a few months that's great but for the rest of us non-wealthy people more economical and practical things work just as well it's kind of a relationship things theme song to a degree and it has a personal one for me because we had some financial times that were a little rough and we clipped coupons we did macaroni and cheese and i'm okay with that I don't know, Lou, you kind of strike me as the Bentley driving type. I fucking wish, dude. <laughs> Although I probably couldn't afford the insurance on it. Yeah, that's Fair true. enough. Or the first oil change. Oh, yeah. Some of those cars, it's ridiculous. I'll, I'll take a pass on that one. You know what? If you're going to spend that kind of money on it, how about if you just get me something that's more practical and give me the cash balance? There you go. Yep. So I had actually not heard this one until you played it for me originally. Okay. And like you said, there, there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't like necessarily to use the word normal, but a lot of these uh, recording, yeah, it's relatable. A lot of these recording artists and celebrities and multi-million dollar athletes really don't live in the same reality that we do. No. And that's one of the things I like about Al is he kind of takes a little pin and pops the balloon of that exclusivity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said... Now, when I wrote this, I didn't realize, we were talking about this before the show, that the video that goes with this was not Al produced. It was produced by a, a fan. fan. Right. So take that with a grain of salt as I, as I read what I wrote here. I said it's a self-indulgent piece of garbage. <laughs> he has a bunch of throwbacks to his albums and songs through visual use of things in the video. Example, the meeting takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. In one scene where he's talking about Top Ramen, it shows a flavor of bologna. <laughs> and the crane has the words white and nerdy on it. I really didn't like the song, though. It's just not my cup of tea. Well, it's, you're, we're not big hip-hop fans, and I don't care for the original one either. Right. But again, so this one's a personal one for me, so right. it's not it's, everybody's cup of tea. And I say I don't like it, but that's that's probably too strong of words because it is Weird Al. How about not a fan? Not a fan of. It's not your favorite. Depending on the mood I was in, mm-hmm. I may skip it. But now I kind of want ramen. <laughs> I kind of want ramen, too. But not bologna flavored. No, good lord, no. What do you got next, Scott? All right. Going along with the theme of personal connection to the song, I'm Irish. There's the stereotype about the Irish and potatoes. But in my case, it's really, really true. And so my next pick is, of course, Addicted to Spuds. Oh, yes. Let's Great give song. a listen. But they just can't be beaten Now I'm gonna have to face it I'm addicted 
Now, obviously, this is a parody of Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love, and when the video came out, I mean, he's there, he's got the mic stand. Oh, he nailed it. Yes. But, I mean, just listening to him list off all the different kinds of potatoes, it, it's like with Taco Grande. It, it makes me want to go eat. It's like with <laughs> the black guy on uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, with Bubba Gump with the shrimp. With all the shrimp. Tater to tater tots and hash browns. Right. <laughs> would you plan a trip to Idaho to watch potatoes grow? I would not, but I am going to Florida for a friend's wedding this uh, coming summer, shortly after the Weird Al concert. That's pretty close to Idaho. But well, they're both kind of shaped the same. Yes. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is I'm going to be in Orlando, and. I'm a huge fan of diners, drive-ins, and dives. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Right. And I saw one episode where they were in Orlando, and they were at this restaurant called Mrs. Potato. Nice. And it's run by a Brazilian chef. And that was not too long ago, Not too long ago. Whose specialty is putting all of these wonderful, savory ingredients inside a hash brown shell. So that you can, eat, you can eat it like a sandwich, but instead of bread, which I can't have because right. I have celiac disease... It's a hash brown, but it, it's enormous. It's a saucepan-sized hash brown that you flip over. It's, they, and she has they put all one these on ingredients. It was like three pounds of food. And it's all these different things that she'll shove in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if it's potatoes, three pounds of potatoes is like, what, a buck and a half? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds – is Denny still open? Because, <laughs> honestly, I could go for some seriously – Super craft, super crusty hash browns right now. And they oh. have to be because they hold together. Yeah. Oh, remember the last time we went? I got that one thing that had the yes. bacon and cheese hash browns. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. were so good. So this is another great song about food. Not only that, it's set to Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love, a song that I've always really liked. Personally, not a huge fan of potatoes in general. You know, except for French fries, mashed potatoes, <laughs> and in chip form. Twice baked. I, I guess I just really don't like baked potatoes. Oh, no. See, I love baked potatoes because of two things. One, I like that. Do you eat the skin? I do. Awesome. Oh, oh yes. The core of the potato is pure in a baked potato. You can do whatever you want to it. But then what I do is after I've eaten out all the insides, I take the skin and <laughs> I take, like, sometimes I do them as leftovers or sometimes I do them in the meal. And I take whatever the meat is that I'm having, maybe some of the veggies or whatever, and I scoop it into the potato skin and I roll it up like a burrito or a sandwich and I eat it like that. Well, that probably work. I I, I love twice baked. Um, and I do if they don't make me eat the. I don't like. Oh, the, you gotta you know, eat the skin. No, it's because like, it's they taste like you're eating dirt. Not well, if they're washed not correctly. Not if they're washed properly, and if it's the right potato, because. Some of them, like a Yukon Gold or a Red, you can't bake. It doesn't have the right, right. skin. Right. Well, yeah. No, it has like to be a, a russet. Like a solid russet or they actually finger quotes baking potatoes. Yeah. No, the wife actually won't eat the skin either. We'll be out at Texas Roadhouse or whatever else, and she's like, you going to eat that? Because I sure as hell ain't going to let that go to waste. Yeah. Especially if they're baked just right where, where they're sitting has a little bit of a harder edge to it. Yeah, it's got a little more tooth to it. Oh, yes. And I personally, I think I might have been Irish in a past life because – What the fuck did I get into in this I episode? I did. Big potatoes well, also. 
remember, my original set of songs all came off the food album. That's true. <laughs> uh, in fact, a loaded one with sour cream, bacon bits, all that sounds delicious. God damn it. I'm, I'm the Now you want hungry. one potato, two potato, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, I remember that. I love that restaurant. Yep. They had one of those in the mall. Yeah. I used to work at the Sears at Fox River Mall in Appleton, and we had a one potato, two in the food court. Yeah. I always had the cheddar and broccoli one with bacon bits on it. I always liked going in there because they made it in such a way. It was more like a twice-baked, mm-hmm. and it was really easy to eat all the potato out without and having that. to eat the shell. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> Now, yeah, now Emma, so now my daughter, my daughter Emma, loves potatoes. Oh my god, I think she could live on that shit. Oh yeah. But it's just I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm kind of picky about the way I eat my potatoes. Random food one. Remember the chips potato skins? Nope. Those, I do. Oh, yes. Oh, those were so good. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. We. I think we. Uh, what? One more for you? Yeah, it's my. It's my last one. And this is my favorite Weird Al song ever. I know it's most likely what some may call a deep cut. I call it Brilliance. This 1984 classic from Al's album in 3D is technically not a parody. Nature Trail to Hell. But Weird Al stated in an interview on Reddit in 2014 that the song, along with Midnight Star from the same album, were not made to be parodying any particular style. The song borrows elements from other famous songs, though, and these include Michael Jackson's Thriller, similar lyrical style, Uh, Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding by Elton John, opening sound effects, Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath, opening sound effects, A Day in the Life from the Beatles, ending piano notes. Let's take a listen, and you can decide for yourself. Don't spoil the big surprise. So around 3 minutes and 40 seconds into the song, Weird Al can be heard saying something in reverse. When played backwards, it is revealed to say, Satan eats cheese whiz. <laughs> this was made as a jab at the uh, of the scare made by televangelists in the 1980s, claiming that rock songs contain satanic messages when played backwards. The backwards message can be heard when you play it backwards. So, I don't know. There's something about this song. I think because when I first heard it, I was really not into horror flicks and that kind of stuff, so it was a safe, scary thing. You know what I mean? Kind of like Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. It's something that had a little bit of an edge of scare to it, but it was really, you're like, it's a song. Sure. So, I I don't know. What do you guys think of this song? For me, this is one of those not a huge fan. Like, where are you with whatever? Right. Whatever you like. It's... It's an original. It's a very 80s horror movie feel to it, mixed with like a 50s horror film topic. Yeah, it's like a it's like a five and a half minute trailer. Right. It's not a horrible song. It's good for a Halloween playlist, uh-huh. I would think. It's a bad situation, but it's in 3D. <laughs> so it's all right. Not my favorite. I probably would skip it on that album. But it's it, one of the things I like about it is it talks about being in 3D and it's how the heads fall into your laps, mm. you know, and stuff like that. So. Now, what about for, you, Scott? for me, when I listen to it, I, I completely see the thriller influence. It reminded oh, yeah. me a it's lot of not just the, the song, but the video for Thriller. Okay. And then I also got, just listening to it, I got a little bit of kind of the the campy edge of like 
like the Michael creature, La- creature from the Black, Black Lagoon, Lagoon or uh, Michael Landon, who most people know from Little House on the Prairie and Highway to Heaven. But he actually did I Was a Teenage, Teenage Werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So, and so, some of those classic 50s black and white Saturday afternoon horror right. movies. With like the, the bleeding credits and everything. Yeah. You'll be scared. You'll be terrified. And I always love that in black and white because you're like, I know that's supposed to be blood, but... It's really not doing anything for me. <laughs> it's gray. <laughs> All right, Lou, what do you got up next? What's my, your last one? My last one is Sports Song. And I just, I love this song. This short anthem is a play on all of the college fight songs that you would ever hear at a football game. It's got a pump your guys up while putting the other guys down little feeling. And of course, Al takes it a few steps later, including we're great and you suck. So we'll take a quick listen here. Your sports team is vastly inferior. That simple fact is plainly obvious to see. We're gonna kick your collective posterior. Of course you realize we're speaking figuratively. Our stats are thoroughly impressive. Our coach really has a vital touch. Our players are fast and strong and brave and your guys. Now, Al just goes really hard on the other team, essentially demoralizing them for their intelligence. Allow us now to summarize summarize them in a manner that your feeble brains can understand and ability. In fact, we've played teams across the nation, and you're the worst ones we've come across. Ouch, dude. (laughs) You know, I've watched a lot of college football. You know, I've seen basketball games, other sporting events, and he nails the feeling of college music on the mark. I mean, it's just perfect. The song is just hilarious. I This is one of my favorites. Is this a parody? No, it's an original. Okay. But again, too, it's like almost any other fight song, especially with the instruments that you have. You can tell it's almost like a marching band doing it. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it borrows a lot of march elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what I put on this is, I, I went at it from a little different angle than you did. And like, it's a cute song about someone who really doesn't understand sports. Kind of reminds me of the Big Bang Theory episode where Leonard is trying to impress Penny by watching football with her and he paints ghost sports on his stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just funny because, well, it's kind of sad, but it's funny. And it's kind of true for people who are a little bit of the nerdier. Right, right. I mean, I know myself, I, I like sports. I'm, I'm, I'm also a nerd, but I know all three of us actually sitting here like sports. Scott really is a nerd because he likes soccer. But other than that... Just because you guys can't appreciate actual football and deal with the American version where you wear armor... Okay, soccer is hockey on grass. No, field hockey is hockey on grass. I think soccer would be more enticing if we put snipers up there. That would do it. (laughs) Kind of like pod racing on Star Wars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When they're making that curve and they got the sand people. What what do you see right now? What do you see? I'm number one and so is Scott. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, moving on. No, I really enjoy this one. It's it's got the perfect feel and I think we should go with Scott's last one. Yeah, what do you got, Scott? You get to wrap up the entire show. Okay. Well, I'm going to avoid rap just because it's not one of my favorite genres. Thank you. But this one... I picked largely because the original has uh, somewhat of a special significance for me. Okay. And uh, after, after we listen to the white stuff, I'll explain a little more. So here we go. You can see him in my teeth. Pet when I talk. Handsome in my pancreas. Just went in the shock. I love the white stuff. Baby. In the middle. 
Were you a Donnie fan? Not exactly. As <laughs> that's Chad not a no. knows. <laughs> as Chad knows, and I'm pretty sure you know, I'm from Boston. Right. Okay, of course. But we don't hold that against you. Thank you. I do because he's a he's a Patriots fan. Yeah, at least and he's not Celtics. A right, you're not a right Sox. Oh, okay. And Bruins fan. So. Just like the unholy quadrilogy. The unholy quadrilogy. I like yeah. that. Okay, uh, hang on while I adjust my glasses here. <laughs> Sorry, i got to push him off the bridge of my nose a little. I, I get that a lot, actually, for yes. people who wear glasses. Yes. So, anyways, as I mentioned earlier tonight, I'm a little older than you guys. I'm actually about the same age as most of the members of New Kids on the Block. The, and this I keep mean, meaning to bring up to Chad because the Knight Brothers... Jordan and Jonathan, mm-hmm. are from a part of Boston called Dorchester. Now, most of the new kids are, are from that general area. But as it happened, when I was in high school, my aunt and uncle lived in the part of Dorchester that was a block removed from the Knight Brothers. Oh, wow. And there was a community basketball court that whenever I was over visiting, I would go play ball and the other kids from the neighborhood would play ball. And I remember I saw one of their videos, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know that neighborhood. And then it pans across the basketball court, and I'm like, that's my aunt's house. Oh, in really? In the background of the video. Oh, nice. And then I'm looking at the guys, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know those two. <laughs> so, the, um, I mean, the, the Weird Al song itself is really good I wait mean, wait i have to stop you so what you're saying is i'm not the most famous knight you know that is correct my world's destroyed well give it time <laughs> yeah i'm sure we'll do it again <laughs> that isn't what i was I, going I, I for that's what Lou was going for but <laughs> but hey, i like that answer thanks, better scott <laughs> you're welcome that was hey almost, again you and i are number one no, no i did thumbs up i know that was almost like an alley-oop wasn't <laughs> it <laughs> all right well so, so what do you guys think well, I said this New Kids ripoff is something of a... Has, oh, has no, it's a ripoff. It's not a parody. <laughs> wow. I don't have a high... <laughs> I don't have a high... Um, opinion? Opinion of the New Kids. But then wouldn't this be an improvement? Yes, it kids? is. Okay. But I, I think this song has something of a double meaning, If you, in my opinion. Absolutely. Double stuff meaning? In our day, rumors <laughs> ran rampant that the guys in NKOTB were gay. You know... The white stuff. Oh, and it might also be the cream filling of an Oreo. Oh, now see, I took from it cocaine because of oh. the the rampant drug use in the music industry. In yes, the but I wanted to say that the new kids on the block were gay. I understand <laughs> your desire to say that. So, I don't know what the shit is, but I love it. It tastes like death wrapped in unicorn shit. <laughs> I could eat it until my diabetes killed me. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I'm I'm sorry. We're gonna have to rewind that one. Where do you want me to go back to? The, no, the no, unicorn wrapped in the, unicorn shit. Death wrapped in unicorn shit. I might have to steal that because. And that I is, said, is and delightful. then I said, I could eat it until my diabetes kill me. Yeah. The only problem is though, it's the white stuff. Everybody knows unicorn shit rainbows. What if they're albinos? Technicalities. Ooh. Like, Ooh. Albino Ooh. unicorns. There you go. Okay. They, there they, we go. They shit white rainbows. <laughs> Which is just a solid they, beam of light. They shit Oreo cream filling. <laughs> so, Lou, what do you think of this song? <laughs> oh, wow. Now that we've gone completely off the rails with that one. Absolutely. Must be the uh, pineapple hard cider. Yep. It's the world's, I think it's the world's favorite sandwich cookie. 
At it's least that's what, that's what they claim. Yep. I dig Oreos. I'm not as addicted to them as I am to Spuds. And you can't, <laughs> and you can't deny the appeal uh, of Oreos. Crispy cookies, delicious filling, and the single most dunkable cookie around, period. I mean, honestly, you cannot eat Oreos without milk. Because well, if you, you do, can. you're doing it wrong. You can, but it doesn't taste as good. You're doing it wrong. That and your mouth gets all dried out. Well, you can drink other things. By the but, way, no, but Oreos and beer just don't work right. The the problem is the, Tried cre- it. the cream filling has so much sugar, but the chocolate cookie has so such a rich chocolate flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. It has to be milk because you have to have that almost cleansing. I don't know about you guys, but what I do when I eat Oreos, and this is going to tell you how fat of a bastard I am. So I take that first Oreo and I just Main throw it, them. <laughs> and I throw it in my milk, right? And I just let it sink to the bottom. Oh, okay. I know you're so, one of those. So then, when you're done with all the other ones that you've been dunking and eating, you know, because nobody eats one Oreo. Fuck that. I eat one sleeve of Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a slow day. But you eat the rest of your Oreos and then you drink your milk, and at the very bottom, then you it comes and it just kind of drops off of the last of the milk, and you get this mouthful of sludge. Yeah, but it's so good. Yes, it is. Now, they've made a ton of different types of Oreos. In fact, God. Some of them are retarded, though. You know what? The one that sounded the weirdest but got the highest reviews was the watermelon ones. It was disgusting. They, everyone was giving it like five stars, period. And I'm just like, no. Mint ones are great. The the mint fudge dip ones are amazing. The peanut butter ones? Peanut butter ones were okay. The cookie dough ones were really good. I didn't like the cookie dough ones. No. And see, I'm not a huge fan of cooked peanut butter. I don't like peanut butter cookies. I like Reese's peanut butter cups. Who doesn't? But that, that's about. But I don't like Reese's pieces. You know, I was like that when I was a kid. For whatever reason, Reese's pieces just made my stomach turn. Oh, see, and I like Reese's pieces. I'll eat Reese's pieces over Reese's peanut butter cups. But that's just me. Good. We'll split them. <laughs> so, can you eat Oreos? No. I didn't think so. Okay. But not anymore. Right. Right. But there are a number of companies that make gluten-free. Chocolate sandwich cookies. Like Hydrox or something, I think. Because that's if you ever go to Dairy Queen, they always call it like Hydrox or, or cookies yeah, and cream. Yeah, because those are the, the knockoffs. Yeah, no. don't you don't you love that? That makes you want to eat it, doesn't it? How about some Hydrox cookies? Sounds like poison. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you already know the white stuff is sugar and lard, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we pretty much exhausted the cookie concept. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we got one more trivia question. We because do. Because... We have a special guest. Exactly. And let's see if he can bring himself up to 500 on this one. I wouldn't place odds on it. All right. I'm not either because I just remembered the one we chose to give you. So, oh, gee, <laughs> thanks. You're doing wonders for my confidence here. <laughs> in high school, okay. Al started a club just to get in the yearbook. What was it? Now, piece of little bit of a tip for you. Okay. If you remember when they were doing the shows or they were putting them on the magnetic board in UHF, one of those is related to his club. Oh, it is. You're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's been so long since I've seen UHF. Well, we can fix that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, does it have anything to do with animals? No. No. Okay, so it's not the Badger Club. <laughs> badges? Badgers! No, no stinking badgers. That's right. Um, once again, I got nothing. Um, I'm just going to take a randomly wild stab in the dark and say the Puppetry Club. No, that's a good guess, but the Volcano Worshippers Club. Okay. 
I remember that scene. The, the volcano yeah. worshippers hour or whatever yeah. they yeah. had on there. Yeah. So. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. We want to uh, let you know that if you want to reach out to us, send us a letter or a note or whatever. A letter. What year is this? 1936? If I get a letter from a follower, <laughs> I'm going to know where the hell the fuck you got my address. <laughs> for starters. But anyway. Google you can, knows all. Tells all. <laughs> that's true. You can reach out to us at, with email at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at POI Network or at Musically Challenged Podcast. And also now, we've got the Twitters. And for the Twitter, we're going to be at MC Podcast 17. That's MC for Musically Challenged, Podcast, and then 17 for the year of the podcast inception. To clarify from last time. <laughs> so if you want to send us some, some love, some hate, a playlist perhaps, hit mm. us up. Yeah, the playlist is actually something that... Lou and I really enjoy doing. It's 14 songs, 14 different artists. You pick them, we review them. Yeah, if you've got a theme, that'd be great. Yeah, bonus points. Bonus points for themes. We give out and bonus points like a motherfucker. You know, and just like, uh, whose line is it? Bonus points don't mean a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, points in general don't mean a thing for this. There you go. But, uh, so as we're getting ready to sign off here, I want to thank uh, Scott for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a little more free-flowing than our normal podcast, isn't it? That it is. <laughs> Uh, probably because of what else was flowing. Well, yes, that's quite possible. The the uh, the lubricant, as we like to call yes. it. Yes, some loudmouth soup, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.